Okay, let's, uh, I'm going to trick you today. Let's, let's go to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel, okay? That's in the Bible, okay? The book of Ezekiel. going to look at chapter 34. And uh, I, don't, I don't preach a lot on uh, world events as it relates to prophecy and end-time fulfillment of prophecy. But on, on occasion, we need an update. We, we need an update on what's going on in the world in which we live. I wanted to preach today on the truth shall set you free. Uh, but that's going to have to wait. Because unless you want two sermons today, you're not going to get that one. Okay? Anybody want to hang around? We'll do two. Ezekiel chapter 34. We're going to jump in the middle of the book. Uh, the setting of this, the book of Ezekiel, the time frame. It was written by Ezekiel somewhere after 597 B.C. Uh, it, it's about, it, it's got the time when the prophets were preaching to the nation of Israel to turn back to God. They were preaching in the city, turn back to God. The people had turned away from God. People have the nature to turn away from God, don't we? And Nebuchadnezzar came and uh, they held Jerusalem siege, the Babylonians did, and in 597 uh, they gave up. It finally came to a conclusion. Now, so Jerusalem was conquered. And Ezekiel was a priest at the time and he was taken back, taken to Babylon from his home in, in uh, Israel, taken to Babylon in the second deportation where there were 10,000 people taken to Babylon at that time. The only explanation of the people of Israel, Jewish people, being taken from Jerusalem, from that homeland, the only explanation for that is that they had turned to uh, Baal to false worship, idol worship, and it was God's hand that was taking them away from that homeland. That's the only explanation. But you think about it, Jewish people have been dispersed around the world, right? Around the world. And at this time, Jewish people are headed back to Jerusalem. Back to Israel. Now, Ezekiel, as I said, was a priest at the time. He was very well trained and educated. He was deported, one of 10,000, to Babylon. And so this book is written, and it covers that time, but it also covers the return. It talks about the return of the children of Israel back to the promised land. And so it tells of the judgment of their, their idolatry, that God judged them for their idolatry. And it talks about their, uh, and under the ideal of judgment, it, it talks about that the glory of God had departed. Ezekiel covers that. The glory of God had departed and judgment came to Jerusalem and to Israel. And then in chapter 33, it begins to turn. 
the whole book begins to turn and it becomes prophetic. And in, in 33, verse 30, chapter 33, it starts, and it starts to talk about the restoration of Israel, the restoration of the Jews to their homeland. He prophesied <clears throat> of blessings on the nation, chapter 36. Chapter 40 to 48, to the end of the book, I'm giving you this just to give you a, a historical setting to where we're going to be today. Chapter 40 to 48, it's still yet in the future. And he prophesies in chapter 40 to 48 the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. And David will be here to rule over the nation of Israel. Now, that's what the Bible says. I have the tendency to believe what the Bible says. <clears throat> Sometimes I am a doubter. I can't believe that's going to happen. But I know that I should not believe my doubts. I should believe what the Word of God says. <clears throat> so, some of you have made statements about when are the people going to be resurrected from the Old Testament era. <clears throat> well, it has to be before the thousand-year reign of Jesus because David, it says, that David himself will be the king over Israel in Jerusalem for a thousand years. Now, that's all future. Now, Ezekiel prophesied concerning the nation and the chosen people. That's what it's all about. And, and some would like to believe, some would like to believe that's what, what's going on over in the Middle East is just the result of two groups of people, or at least a minimum of two groups of people, that just have never gotten along and will never get along. Some people like to minimize, minimize what the conflict around Israel and in the Middle East to just that, that these are people that never did get along, they never will get along. But it's not that simple. That is true. <laughs> they never have gotten along, and they never will get along. But that's putting both on the same level, and that's not the complete story. It's much more than that. Now, in May 14, 1948, Israel was established as a nation, a homeland for Jewish people to go back to in Palestine. Okay, that happened in 1948. If we go back to 1917, when, uh, when Britain was a dominant uh, power in the world, they uh, they declared it was declared. I, I, it's the uh, Belford Act, I believe it was, or declaration. I don't remember all the details, but it was declared that that would be a homeland for Jewish people in 1970. In 1948, a provisional government government was established, and there's a new state of Israel. That doesn't happen, folks. None, none of the ancient nations come back. When they're gone, they're gone. Even when uh, Saddam Hussein was rebuilding Babylon, and you know he was, that stopped. It was stopped by the war in Iraq. Now, the war that's going on in Israel, if you would just say it's a conflict between two uh, nationalities that don't get along, uh, 
It's much bigger than that. There's many forces involved, and it's too complicated for me to understand even everything that's going on. But I can say this. I can say this, that it's a bigger issue than just one simple thing. It is God establishing a homeland for Jewish people, and it is the enemies of Israel attacking and trying to stop that progress. Now, the setting of the book of Ezekiel in chapter 34 is the destruction of Israel and the judgment of God uh, because of the siege from Babylon. And what we're going to see as we read this is the failure, and then we're going to see the whys of it. And So let's read it now that I've given you that long, long introduction. Let's try to follow me as I read in verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Now, the shepherds of Israel is the leadership. He said, Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? Ye eat that, that the fat, and you clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The disease have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick, neither have you bound up that which was broken, neither have you brought again that which was driven away, neither have you sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. Now verse 5. And they scattered because, and they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. <clears throat> My sheep wandered through the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth. And none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds feed them and fed not my flock. Therefore, verse 9, therefore, O ye shepherds, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds. I, know I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed them any more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be meat for them. Now, let me stop and give a little insert. They're, they're going to Babylon. The people, the, the nation is going to be in unrest for 70 years. This is looking like there needs to be a shepherd in Israel. This is looking like there needs to be a shepherd over Israel, doesn't it? What is that telling us? What does that indicate? They should be looking for a shepherd. And let me tell you his name. His name is Jesus. Now, verse 11. <clears throat> For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, 
both search my sheep and seek them out. That's Jesus, right? As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day, that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries. Now this is, look at this. This is going on today. And I will bring them out from the people and will gather them out of the countries and I will bring them up to my own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all and in all the inhabited places of the country. And I will feed them in a good pasture, and upon the, upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in good fold, and in a fat pasture. They shall feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord. Now, lying down for a sheep is an indication of peace, okay, of comfort. He says in verse 16, uh, I will seek that which was lost. Jesus is, re repeats that, by the way. And bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and will feed them with judgment. The ministry of Jesus was first to the children of Israel, wasn't it? And that's his desire that was not completed at the time he was here. Now let's go down to verse 23. Verse 23. <clears throat> this is a covenant of peace right here. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, will, and I the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David's princes among them, prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I will make with them a covenant of peace and will cause the evil beast to cease out of the land and they shall dwell <clears throat> safely in the wilderness and the sheep in the woods. And I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing. And I will cause the showers to come down in his season there shall be showers of blessings you ever heard of a song named showers of blessings and we could read on to the end of the chapter but you kind of get the gist of what's going on debbie and i had the privilege to be in israel uh this last january and one of the things i note was that everywhere you went to eat there was an abundance an abundance of fruit and vegetables i mean if you drive up and down through the country, you'll find that irrigation is taken on everywhere. See, it's a dry and barren land, but there's plenty of water underneath it. And so since they went back there, they have used the water under it to irrigate it. And uh, they have got plants uh, just growing everywhere, and they feed the people there. They, they feed Europe in many ways with, with the, the produce. I was on the bus as we were driving down the the west bank of uh, the the sea the the Dead Sea, and we got into the Dead Sea. And as we were driving down, the 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 guide said, 
the Dead Sea is emptying out. Uh, for some reason, it's going dry. We are planning on taking and bringing a river from the Mediterranean and, and filling, filling the Dead Sea. You know what came to my mind? I don't know how long y'all are going to need that because the Bible says during the millennial reign there's going to be a river coming out of Jerusalem going to the Dead Sea. I mean, they're doing their best to figure it out. I read ahead of the plan, amen? I know what's going to take place. But I thought it was amazing that there's a need for the Dead Sea to have water. I didn't, I didn't understand that until I, until I heard that. Well, we see here in our text, and this is applying to us even today, but we see in our text, why was the failure in Israel? Why was there idolatry? and, and a, a, It was a failure of leadership. It was a failure of leadership. The leadership had gotten corrupted. And Ezekiel says it was the leadership. Look at verse 2. He says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? That was a failure of leadership. Teachers and priests and kings and governors were failing to do their job. They were taking care of their self. They were not concerned with the people, and the people were looking to them for guidance and direction, and the people were not getting guidance and direction. They were getting from the governors and the other leaders what would benefit the governors and the other leaders. They did not look out for the people. Look at verse 3. Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe you with wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The problem in Israel, as the problem in every nation that is being judged, is the leadership become self-absorbed and the people are not cared for. Where is the leadership? Look at verse 5. And they were scattered because there was no shepherd. They became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. Verse 6, My sheep wandered through the mountains, all the mountains, and every uh, high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. All right, let's have a moment of realization. Man always falls short. Every nation on the earth gets to a high peak and falls downward from there. You can look at it in Egypt, Greece. You could look at it in Rome. You can look at it in America. Man can only last so long. A nation that has law as we do, can last even with those laws so long. Why? Because of the manipulation of leadership and the manipulation of the people. That's why the Bible teaches you and I to be self-efficient, self-sufficient, to take care of ourselves and then have a little left to help other people. Now, the people, the needs were not being met. The problem was the leadership. Uh, 
we look at the leadership in America. Let me ask you a survey, and it's a non-political survey. How many of us have very much confidence in what is going on in Washington and that they can fix the problems? Is there anybody believe that they're going to be able to fix the problems? Raise your hand. Optimism. That's why they get a, better, a little better than 10% approval rating every time they're asked, right? Because we do not have any confidence. And that, there is even scripture for that. We're not to have confidence in man, right? Man, men and women in leadership will fail us. In this text, if you'll see an underlying truth that he's trying to present us, Failure of man, failure of man, failure of man. And what's the need? There needs to be a shepherd. 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 And God sent a shepherd, didn't he? And they rejected him as their Messiah. They rejected him as their shepherd. And so he expanded his ministry to the whole world. Thus we have the church being gathered in the name of Jesus Christ today. Right? So listen, folks, the fact is, the fact is, the best that we can do for our nation and our world is to pray. Amen? It's to pray. You know, let me say this. You send someone to Washington, D.C., and it has to be a millionaire to get there. And when he gets out, he's not a millionaire anymore. He's a billionaire. Or she's not a millionaire anymore. She's a billionaire. And it doesn't matter which side of the parties they're on. They all, why would you want to change that if you were in Washington? Now, that's about as political as I'm going to get. I'll teach you that you should not support abortion. You should not support abortion. Can anybody say amen to that? But the problem is leadership. You go back to, you go back to the nation of Israel. Let's think about Israel. Remember under David, everything was going well. And it went so well, David became self-absorbed, didn't he? He said, you know, I've done so well. God has blessed me in so many ways. Surely God will turn his head when I look out this window and see Bathsheba that belongs to another man. When I look out at her, I, she's out there and she don't have any clothes on and she's taking a bath on top of her roof. You know, after this point, they, they made people quit taking baths on top of the roof, I'm sure. He said, you know, I've got everything, but I must have one more thing. And he said, I want that. And so he became self-absorbed. Now, he was the best of the lot. The failure of man is taught in the Word of God from one end to the other. And the only solution is the Lord. Now, the spiritual leadership was failure in that time. I want to say to us today, our church and every church that's a part of the world today is called on to reach out to the lost and to have a place for people to come to, to learn and hear the pillows of truth, the foundations of, of what makes society work. We, the church, are assigned, number one, to feed the people that come to our church. That's in verse 2. I'm given the spiritual... Uh, the, the spiritual application of this. We are to feed the people that come to our church. We're to feed them with the Word of God. Uh, listen, folks, we can get up and have some kind of 
uh, dancing routine and, and we can have a hoopla whatever and we can just make the world center around someone's or someone's in our church. What have we accomplished with all that? What have we, we, have not, we have not accomplished anything unless we teach the ground and pillow the truth of society and the reality that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. We're to feed the flock. We are to feed them the Word of God to the people. That's what our churches are to be about. We are to strengthen the weak, verse 4. I hope that you're here today, and if you're weak, I hope that we can strengthen you. If you don't get the strength in one time, you keep coming, and you'll get strong. The problem with people, they go to church here and there and every now and then, and they wonder why they're not strong. You come every time the doors open, and you'll get strong. So what do we do? We're to nurse the sick and the disease. He says it in text. We're to nurse the people that will come. We're, we're to bound the brokenhearted, he says in the text. We're to bring back those that are driven away, those that are uh, outside uh, and, and, and give up on everything. We're to, we're to bring them back, bring them in. Verse 4, we're to seek the lost. And people are lost today. We're to seek Him. And then He even says in the text that we're to show kindness in our dealing with other people. We're to be a light and we're to be salt in the world. That's what the church is. That's what we should be. Now, we see the summary of Israel in verse 6. He says, My sheep wandered through, wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill, and my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search to seek after them. Let's go back 2,500 years ago. The children of Israel are being spread out, scattered all around the world. And there is no... There, many peoples have been persecuted in, in, the, in world history. Many nationalities, many groups have been persecuted by people of other race. Many, 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 many people have. Okay? That's a part of mankind that man wants to persecute those that are different from them. It's happened throughout time. But I'd say none have been persecuted like the Jewish people because they identify as the chosen people of God. And Satan hates him for that cause. We see the accountability of the shepherds in verse 7. He says, here's a word to you in verse 7. Here's a word to you, what, uh, verse, verse 9. But what went wrong? Look at verse 8. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not the flock. Listen, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a good pastor. I want to be because my heart tells me that. But I also want to be that because I will give an account for that one day. Do you realize that all of you here, Lord help me, I'm going to give an account for you in some fashion because I'm the pastor, the speaker that teaches and preaches the Word of God here at this place. Would you please help me by straightening up your life? Would you straighten up? 
Man, I think about that, and I think how much help you could give me if you just do what you ought to do. And then teach somebody else the same thing. Amen? But as I, I say that, I said that to say this. Now, I don't believe there's pastors all over this country and all around this world that love God, that love the people of God, and want to do right. There's a few misfits, and there's a few people. But the problem still lies in leadership. Preachers, are we teaching? Are we feeding? Are we bringing back those that are driven out? Are we seeking the lost? Are we showing kindness, love for people that are without God? The, the flock became prey and meat for the beast, he says. They were devoured. And people in our country today, if you want your child to be devoured of truth, send them to about any college in America, and their faith could be destroyed at that school. Lord, help us. And indoctrination rather than education. Back when things were normal, things were more correct, if we could go back that far, uh, when we taught the truth, they said we were indoctrinating the people. When prayer was in our schools and the Bible read in our schools, we were indoctrinating the people. But what is going on today? It's an do- indoctrination of a different sort. You say, well, they're not teaching this and that. They're not teaching that and this. They're teaching the without this and that. And that is indoctrination within itself. You cannot have education without character. Our work as a church is to seek and save the lost. Verse 16, it says, I will seek that which was lost. What is the text telling us? God is calling out. Let me summarize. God is calling out in the world today the church of the Lord Jesus, people coming to Christ and getting saved. And God is also, in a a material way, calling his people, the chosen people, back to Israel, back to Jerusalem. But what else? What is the main line of what the text is teaching? The text is teaching us that this world really doesn't have a chance without a shepherd. And the only shepherd qualified, David failed. Every president fails. Every king fails. Only Jesus will never fail. So the world is looking for leadership. And if you know anything about prophecy, you know that during the tribulation time, after we're taken out of here, there's going to be a search for leadership in this world that can bring peace. They're already looking for that person. They're looking for someone that can... I'll be honest with you. I would love to have someone come along that could bring some peace in our world. But the search for peace, as we know what the Bible teaches, is going to be, first of all, with the liar. The one that promises peace that really wants to destroy. And the children of Israel and the rest of the world will not have peace until they see the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, back in our text, God had delivered Israel from their leadership because of the abuse of leadership. God said, I'm I'm not going to allow you to continue to abuse the people. I'm going to send them to Babylon. It'd be better over there than it is here. That's a sad summary, isn't it? You know, that gives me hope for America. I mean, we still have blessings, don't we? 
I hope that it wouldn't get so bad that God would want to change our uh, ruling leadership. Now, verse 10, verse, we go on after 70 years of captivity outside the land, the doors were open for the people to start returning. Actually, they began returning a little before the 70 years. Since that time, God has been gathering the children of Israel. Since that time, God has been gathering Israel back to the homeland. When Jesus was born, it was a ripe time. It was a ripe time for the world, for, for the nation of Israel to be established again. But it wasn't established because they rejected the Prince of Peace. They rejected their own Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. But since then, God has been gathering. You know, God is a gathering God. Yeah, He gathers. He, he's gathering into the church those that believe on Christ to be saved. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. The Jewish people rejected Him as their Messiah. So He's gone into the world to draw a people through the Holy Spirit to come and be a part of the church. And there are churches all around the world today. And God is gathering the people. If you notice uh, the video we showed about the, 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 the Christmas uh, gift. Uh, that's, that's been effective. Gathering people to Jesus around the world. And by this, by, by, let me say, by the way. The work that we sponsor in mission work. By your giving. Around the world is much more effective than what we are in America just the way it is. We're here today and we're gathering in His name and we're gathering the lost and those that are weak and those who are outside. Let me ask you, have you been gathered to Christ yet? I invite you to come in and be a part. Are you prepared to meet God? God's will is for you to come to Jesus and be saved. The Holy Spirit's gathering of people with the gospel net because, see, there's something coming soon. The next thing on the prophetic map is the catching up, the gathering of people to Jesus in the air. Now, <clears throat> I go back to the gathering of the Jewish people. All around the world, they've been scattered. They're everywhere. And God is gathering them to take them home. People are going home to Israel every day. Every day they're going back. Even with this war going on, they're still headed that way. It's a desire in their heart to be a part of their homeland. Now, verse 11 and 12, it talks about Israel and their homeland. Verse 13, as a people, God is gathering the Jewish people back home to Israel. The world hates that. Have you noticed the hate crime stuff going on now today? If you watch anything on the news, you... You see that one of the solutions, I think, for our problems today is the, the, much of the funds given to colleges are given by Jewish people that have been successful. They're holding those gifts and saying, you can't be hating on Jewish people and continue to receive our gifts. This comes from the murderous act that took place on October the 7th where 1,300 People, their babies were decapitated. Have you watched your news? I say that because many people don't watch the news. They don't even know what's going on. But there's been an upshift in people looking for the Lord to come because of this uprising of war there in Israel. Let me say this. 
those people that decapitated babies and take prisoners uh, and hostage innocent people, they're not warriors, they're murderers. We see wars and rumors of wars going on. And I heard on the news the other night that this one general from the United States was saying, this could be the Armageddon that the Bible warns us about. Wow. And politicians that's got any sense are trying to do everything in the world that they can do to tap it down, to keep it from rising up. And this is a world that you and I live in. We live in peace and safety. And if you haven't watched the news, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But friend, listen. This is not the Armageddon that they need to fear. It may be leading to it. The Bible teaches us that there is coming an Armageddon, a war, World War III in this world. You say, preacher, why don't you think this is it? Because I don't think America is weak enough to allow it to happen yet. My thoughts is not yet. But see, the next thing on God's prophetic calendar is for Jesus to appear in the clouds. As a, as a thief in the night to take home the church, those that are saved. That's the next thing. You say, preacher, I don't believe the rapture is before the tribulation. I believe it's in the middle. I don't care if you believe that. Believe it if you won't. What a pleasant surprise there'll be when you get to escape it. You see, the, tribul- the Bible teaches us that the, the Lord takes his, his bride home, just like he took Lot out of Sodom before judgment came on Sodom. He took Lot out. He takes us out. And then there'll be the tribulation time. At the end of the tribulation, we're taught the battle of Armageddon will be prepared and that the nation of Israel will be surrounded by those enemies. Just about the time I could read you scripture on it. Matthew 24. You read in there if you want to this afternoon. About the time they say, we're going to get rid of these Jewish people because they're the troublemakers. The Bible says, and I tie it together, that the Messiah will appear in the sky. He will defeat the enemies of Israel. And they all shall look on him whom they pierce. Zechariah tells us that. And a nation of believing Jews will be born in a day. And that will begin the, 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 the period of a thousand years. Those that do not believe on Jesus as their Messiah because of just that deliverance he gives them from the Armageddon battle will begin to believe in him as their Messiah. You say, preacher, where are you going to be at this time? I'm going to be wherever Jesus is. I'm going to be wherever Jesus is. I don't have time to give you the scripture references for all of this. I, was, I have them prepared. I may give them tonight. But folks, here's the big question. Israel is a prophetic statement to us in the world today. We can look at the fig tree and watch the leaves turn and it tells us what time we are at in 
prophetic world today. Is this thing that we're in going to be the third war, world war? Is it going to be Armageddon? It could lead to that. But friend, I am, I'm thrilled to tell you that Jesus is going to come and take us out of this before the war is waged in this world today. But here's the question. Are you prepared to meet Jesus? Have you ever looked to the cross at Calvary? Have you ever trusted that Jesus died for your sins? Nothing else really matters. That's what matters. You say, preacher, I don't agree with you about the, when the, the catching up, the rapture. You don't have to agree with me. If you're right and I'm wrong, woe is us. If I'm right and you're wrong, hallelujah. But the truth is, if you're not prepared to meet God, it's going to be a dark day when you die or when the Lord comes. So I want us to stand to our feet. Now, I will give you an opportunity. You may want to profess your faith publicly. We encourage you to do that. Or come to me after the service today and say, Preacher, I... I want you to know that I, I'm trusting Christ as my Savior. This is a new thing. I want to do this. I just want to encourage you to do that. Be prepared to meet God. And also today, I want to give you an update of what's going on in the world that we're living in. Our heads are bowed. How many today say, Preacher, I'm ready. If Jesus came today, I'm, I'm ready to go with him. Raise your hand up. Amen. God bless those hands. Every one of us could not raise our hands. I'm telling you, there is a comfort that you can experience. There's a relationship with God that you can experience that comforts your heart and rid you of the fear of the end times. That's found in trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're trying to meet up with God someday because you're a good person, I'm sorry you're not going to get to heaven that way. But if you put your faith in Christ and trust Him, He'll make you one of His own. And when He comes, He'll take you home. I invite you to come today. If you have any reason, I invite you to come and pray. If you want to dedicate your life to following Jesus, I invite you to come. else let's sing that out now just as I am anyone else need to come have our ushers come and receive our morning offering. Come back tonight if you have... Uh